You're listening to Innovation Fuel, a business podcast by University of Canada West. Bringing you fantastic stories for accomplished entrepreneurs and key industry professionals. Let's explore the entrepreneurial world through local businesses and our university community. Hi, Dave. How are you today? Hey, Galari. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm in this wonderful setting. Nobody can see because we're recording, but I am in <laughs> this wonderful office that I don't know who it belongs to. I think it might belong to someone I know. Enjoy my office. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about today. I, I think we're going to have a, a very important conversation. We've been leading up to these different types of conversations around startups. We've heard lots of conversations around startups about, hey, Vancouver is a great place to incubate, get started. But when you want to get to scale up, it's not the place to be. And we hear stories of businesses, uh, organizations getting to medium-sized organizations and wanting to scale up to large organizations. And the talent's not here, or the technology's not here, or the money's not here. We're hearing all these stories. And I'm thinking that we need to talk to some individuals that might be able to help us understand this a bit better. And also, we need to figure out what industry Canada needs to more focus on. I think we have someone that can respond to our questions. Manoj Agarwal, Chief Innovation Officer, and also the Community Leader of Startup Vancouver is here today. Welcome, Manoj. Welcome, Manoj, to Innovation Fuel, brought to you by University Canada West. Before we get to this interesting conversation, I am so excited to talk to Manoush, uh, Startup Vancouver president. Oh, we got so much to learn, my friend. So much to learn today. Before we learn from you, we need to know who you are and our audience needs to know who you are. Can you tell us a little about you? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. My journey started back in 2000 and I came from India to North America, got involved in a lot of startups. Since then, I have accumulated four patents in artificial intelligence. I'm considered one of uh, one of the leading experts in AI globally. Work with hundreds of startups. Many of them were early stage, but many of them were incubated within larger corporations like Microsoft and Pearson Education. So some of the work that we have uh, we have done has impacted more than 10 million lives. Some of the projects that we delivered, uh, they were praised by President Obama, Bill Gates done projects in education, healthcare, logistics, uh, consumer wearables, whole bunch of different industries, and it has been a fun ride. Thank you, Manoj. Would you explain a little bit your journey to the Start of Vancouver? Start of Vancouver is a, a nonprofit. It's a volunteer organization helping Vancouver startups uh, sort of gain the edge that they need. And uh, Start of Vancouver is basically a chapter within larger organization, which is Startup Canada. And we represent about 4 million entrepreneurs in Canada. So there's quite a bit of, you know, support, community resources available. And a few months ago, I noticed the then president of Startup Vancouver, he wanted to pursue other passions. So he, wa he was stepping down. And I said, you know, this is the, the best way to give back to the Vancouver community who has been kind to me for the last 20 years. So I raised my hand and then they, they had a few other candidates uh, who they were talking to. And ultimately they said, OK, yeah, I mean, they entrusted me with this responsibility. So I'm glad I was able to convince them. 
Can you just a little bit briefly explain what is your vision? You know, in in short, what I would love uh, for startup Vancouver to do is to create an environment for a Silicon Valley of the North in Vancouver. Because around the globe, I talk to many startup founders, many executives, many leaders around the globe, and whenever we talk about technology, whenever we talk about venture capital startups, one word comes to mind: Silicon Valley. But the fact is that a lot of Silicon Valley startups and even large giants like Google and Microsoft and Facebook they are coming to Vancouver because Vancouver has a laid back attitude the immigration policies are not as strict there is a huge shred program which is beneficial for startups huge talent pool from all around the globe so there are many many benefits of um, you know setting up shop in Vancouver and that's what i would love for startup vancouver to sort of provide that environment and support for everybody to say yeah if you want to start a you know a startup which is going to change the world vancouver is the right place you talked about this silicon valley element and the the silicon valley you know there's always been this discussion oh vancouver silicon valley north but but shouldn't vancouver define itself versus leveraging off past elements shouldn't we try and find a new channel absolutely see um, i'm not a uh, marketing experts but, but one thing i learned about marketing is that if you want to get the message across you want to use the words that people are familiar with so that in their mind the context gets very very uh, you know uh, they can understand the context very quickly so when i say uh, silicon valley of the north i do not mean to say we will imitate what silicon valley is because obviously it's a very different culture very different place but the environment for growth the the community the support system the venture capital the talent all those things make silicon valley what they are what it is today and all those ingredients are already here there are few things that are critical for the success of a startup which is one is a community which embraces entrepreneurship there is an open environment for business there are no restrictions no embargoes in the against the country and those type of things talent is there and progressive thinking is there to change the world and and take risks and all that now when it comes to venture capital and when it comes to government support it's not all there but it is getting much much better i have been here 20 years if i go back look at my journey 20 years ago there was hardly anybody who could even say oh i am a venture capitalist but now there are many venture capital companies not as big as silicon valley but frankly speaking you know this is again a little bit of my unconventional way of building startups i don't even believe in venture capital so when it comes to building true businesses the ingredients of those things are already there government is not really going to radically change how we do business yeah they are going to provide some support system if countries like iran if countries like uh, india and uh, and other uh, vietnam philippines i mean those governments have to deal with a lot more complex situations if they can create a environment for you know startups to thrive and uh, put their countries on the world map i mean canada is much further ahead in terms of government support in in that aspect right that there is a very strong startup environment not only in in Vancouver we we see it in Ontario Toronto I don't know about other provinces across the maybe there's not there but it would seems that there is a very strong startup community like there's been that like you said over the last 20 years we've seen some things like incubators and things that are coming and and we see those 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 businesses rising but one of the challenges do we you know one of the things that I know that BC has faced is this element of 
oh, only get to a certain size and then I got to look for elsewhere. Where do I go elsewhere? And we've always had this sort of transition of businesses come here and then they're sold and move. You know, it, it, you know has that started to change? Absolutely. As I said, you know, earlier, I'm noticing that a trillion dollar companies like Amazon and Microsoft, they will not set up shop in Vancouver unless they see some long term benefit. I mean, Amazon has hired what 5000 engineers here. Uh, Microsoft has hired, uh, you know, a large team here. Um, a lot of startups. Uh, personally, I have helped them move from um, Silicon Valley into Vancouver. Uh, one of the major reasons why that happens is because of the shred program, which is going to give a massive subsidy to the startups who are bringing innovation. And all these factors contribute to uh, people moving into Vancouver. Now, when we look at statistics and data, yes, there are people moving out as well, but that's not because of a certain size or what have you. In my humble opinion, it's all about what the media is projecting. You know, media tells you if you want to start a startup, the first thing you need to do is, is raise a million dollars. Is The first thing you need to do is to lease a fancy office in, in downtown uh, San Francisco. But these are far, far from true, um, uh, true conventions that you must follow to build a viable business. The wealthiest people on the planet, they are not in Silicon Valley. You know, um, Warren Buffett never even visited Wall Street, New York. He works from Omaha, but he's the, the most successful investor. So it's not necessary to go where the noise is. It's necessary to go where you can really, you know, find the talent, you can build the business, and you can build a really good product that solves a big problem for your customers. We can build a lot of startups in Canada. Can we help them to scale up? Do we have enough support for them, like a capital, like talent, access to the market? The fundamental shift here is the mindset, okay? So I see you are wearing a t-shirt which has friends on it, and that show was not produced in Canada. That was produced in US. When we look at everything around us, pretty much everything is manufactured in China. You know, the software that we are using uh, for recording this is, uh, is produced in US. So Canadians need to think globally. We cannot limit our scope to Canadian market and think that we will be able to make uh, you know, big companies, unicorns and whatnot. We have to gain the expertise and build products that are used worldwide. Look at Hootsuite. Look at uh, some of the other companies that have created products that know no boundaries. When we think global, it's not about a small Canadian market. It's about the global market. And we need to target the global market. And that's why, where the true growth lies. So how we can support those companies that they are trying to go global? But what kind of challenges we are facing in Canada. Again, I may be biased here. I may have a, a very small data set, but the founders I have talked to, they think they are thinking global. But when I say, okay, let's hire a person in Brazil, they say, no, 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 we cannot have that. When we say, okay, let's talk to a customer in Israel, they say, oh, I, I don't even know anything about that culture. How do I, how I'm going to communicate? So they may think they are thinking global, but in order to think global, you also have to learn about other cultures. I mean, some of the people uh, haven't even traveled outside of North America. They don't even know there is a world out there, right? So it's easier said than done. But uh, trust me, my, my team is all global. My customers are global. There's a huge market out there. So you really need to shift the mindset of the people who are making the decisions and truly commit to being global. And that's when growth will happen. And we've seen like, and Glory, we've had a couple of guests on here and maybe Manoush can talk to these individuals, but we've had very successful entrepreneurs 
but they've had a, a mindset of they're keeping their culture in Canada. And in order for that culture to grow, they feel that it needs only to be in Canada. Those individuals need to be in Canada to feel that culture. So what, how do you speak to that, Manoj? How do you build culture globally? Well, see, uh, again, uh, this is where the fundamental shift in thinking needs to happen. Because what happens is when we try to keep the culture, if we look around, you know, I'm from India, you're from uh, Iran, and I, I'm getting Dave, you are from Canada. So even on this call, we are multicultural community. We have to embrace that. And the thing is, the benefits that come out of embracing multiculturalism are far, far greater than trying to keep, uh, you know, limits on the culture because we come from different backgrounds. We can solve problems many, many different ways. How I look at a problem will be very different uh, than how you look at a problem. But the good thing is when two ideas are combined, it doesn't uh, cancel out one idea. It actually creates three good ideas. So if you embrace multiculturalism, all these ideas are put into the crucible and that's when you can get maximum uh, neurodiversity. And trust me, the bottom line grows rapidly when you have fresh ideas and you have the courage to implement them. You, you have the openness to listen to these ideas and then evaluate them and, and take the ones that are merit and implement them in your company. Trust me, I mean, it works very, very good. So what I can see that your approach is most look at ourselves and as an entrepreneur mindset and be open rather than looking what is available out there or what kind of resources out there like as talent, market, government and capital. There is no doubt about that. That's you. You hit the nail on the head because the whole uh, reason entrepreneurs exist is to solve problems. If there was no problem, there will not be any need for an entrepreneur to come to the market and say, okay, I can solve that problem for you. Now, in solving the bigger problem, inevitably, you'll find smaller problems to solve. And that is why entrepreneurship is hard. If it was easy, then everybody will be doing it. Now, if you are truly passionate about something, an entrepreneur doesn't know any obstacle that can come in the way, right? Now, if, 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 if you are not um, passionate about what you're doing, if you rely on the government to facilitate these things, if you rely on the smaller market, uh, market size to take you to the level that you really want to, I mean, th that is trying to put a square peg in a round hole. I'll dare to say that that's not the spirit of true entrepreneurship. You just have to keep going and overcome the obstacles that come in the way. I agree. No boundaries. Like, and, and I think the one thing that I think that, that gets lost in this is value creation. We've got to create value and solve these problems, but we need to do it. And it doesn't matter what's out there and what assets are out there. Even when we do have success, my friend, I think we need to continue to go back to that root and say, are we still creating value for this as we move forward? I agree with you. No boundaries. If you really, truly want to be an entrepreneur, it's the limits are endless. Keep going. <laughs> How a startup Vancouver can help entrepreneurs to gain this mindset, access to the capital, access to the global talents, and understand about the incentives that government has. So the thing is that, you know, one thing I empathize with entrepreneurs is that, you know, if you go into, uh, into the medical field, there is a whole structure when you get to operate on patients, you need to, you get to a company, other experienced doctors, you are trained hands-on on uh, as a doctor same thing with the legal profession same thing with you know any other profession where you are provided on the job training entrepreneurship there is no on the job training you are either an entrepreneur or you're not and that is one of the key differentiator and with startup vancouver my desire is to start creating some environment 
where you can safely try out things, managing cash flow, you know, marketing, sales. These are the components that you really need to understand to be a successful entrepreneur. There is no lab in which you can try things out. So Startup Vancouver, I'm trying to create an environment where these things can be tested in sort of a lab environment or, or a gaming environment or something along those lines where you get a feel for how it feels like to be an entrepreneur. The education system is where these seeds are planted, right? So if somebody is studying entrepreneurship, now when they complete their degree program, they need to go out there in the world and now what is the buffer between the educational program that they were involved in and, and the real world? And that is where startup, uh, you know, communities like Startup Vancouver can create a, a transition environment for them, a, a buffer environment for them, a safer environment for them. That is the goal that we are trying to accomplish. Because if you notice, incubators like uh, 500 startups, these companies are providing exactly the same thing, right? They are providing expertise. They are providing mentorship. They're providing an environment where people can sort of percolate on their ideas, develop their ideas without a lot of risk and gain the experience that, that uh, you know, typically first time entrepreneurs have, have uh, no idea what they're getting into. And it's bouncing an idea off someone that might be in a different structure of business. Maybe you might even find a collaboration, a partnership to grow your business faster. See, this is another thing you you, you bring up a very, very good point. A lot of people do not realize that business is about people. They keep thinking about, hey, I want to, you know, build this product. I want to launch this website. I want to create this marketing campaign. But they do not take the time to understand people and networking and understanding your customers, understanding your employees, partners, uh, vendors. It's, you know, business is all about people. So networking is a huge, huge component of it. In fact, I, when I mentor um, any entrepreneur, I tell them for the first couple of years, you need to spend 50% of your time networking and only 50% of your time on actually building because that needs to be delegated. But then you need to be the face of the business. You need to sell yourself first before anybody else can buy your product. Okay, Canada have a good entrepreneurial economy system. But my question is that, should we focus on all industries? There are two answers to this, right? At an individual level, we must follow our passion. And your passion uh, could be technology. My passion could be oil and gas. And Dave's passion could be something, something else, totally different, right? If we follow our passion, we'll reach the destination. But when we talk about the national level, yes, we should try to look for specializations and create an environment to be number one in that specialization. So, you know, oil and gas and, and uh, lumber used to be our specialization, natural resources. But now, you know, we look around the world like Israel has captured the entire cybersecurity market. China is doing really, really good in AI. But these are the professions, these are the industries of tomorrow. So we really need to take that head on and say, okay, we are going to be the blockchain center of the world. We are going to be the, you know, the, the, the clean energy uh, center of the world or whatever our national aspirations are. We can lean into that, but then we really need to stand for something. We cannot be 
just you know standing for politeness around the globe and so in order to shift this my friend and i think this comes down to the next thing i think two questions that come to my mind right away is how do we get entrepreneurs to develop a global mindset that's number one and then how do we get these businesses that are currently in Vancouver to start adopting into one of these tracks, into whatever it's going to be clean tech, or is it going to be the fintech world, whatever that piece is going to be, you know, how do we get these? Because my, my, my understanding is that governments don't push this idea. It is the businesses that need to come together and collaborate together and say, this is what we're going to focus. The, the key here is to uh, make them understand a few things. If they do not think global, it's just a matter of time somebody else will come and think global and take their share. So it is in their best interest to think global and act global. But the thing is, um, if they keep following the, the, the script book that the media is uh, serving them or Silicon Valley is serving them, they, we keep thinking about incremental product uh, improvements. Whenever a new startup comes up, you know, you, you mentioned it in, during this interview as well, that people just say, oh, this is the Uber of uh, delivery, or oh, this is the Airbnb of uh, you know, education. So we are just making incremental shifts. But if we want to think global, we need to say, okay, what is the fundamental problem facing billions of people right now? Uh, proper proper hygiene water clean air i mean you know these are the these are the hot button issues for tomorrow not whether we are going to be able to connect on yet another social media platform not whether we are going to be able to post on instagram these are the startups that are coming up right now which are not solving real problems they are just chasing a very very small opportunity but if we look at how many people drink water oh 8 billion you know, that's an opportunity that we can tap into. How many people need fuel, energy? How many people need clean air? And and we have tons of it. I mean, if, if I mean, Canada, statistically, we have the largest volume of drinkable pure water uh, than any other country, right? So um, a clean air environment is, is top notch in Canada. So we need to leverage our strengths and see what are we doing? How can we export this to other, other countries, right? Yeah, and I love where this is going, Manisha. And I think, you know, it, this has been such a, a dynamic conversation. And I think it kind of leads up to a challenge, my friend, because I think now we're at that stage where we should have a challenge that we throw out to our students here, to our listeners saying, hey, what can we do, Manush? What do you think is the challenge that we need to set to these individuals or have them start working on? This is a simple challenge that I give every entrepreneur. And believe me, if they do this religiously for a month, their life is going to change. OK, so ask each and every student to talk to 20 new people every day. 20 new people every day ask about what problems they are facing. And then when they get this feedback from 20, you know, record it in an in a Excel spreadsheet or what have you, figure out what are the common themes that are originating. Then the next day when they talk to next 20 people, validate that previous uh, uh, conclusion. Hey, you know, I talked to 20 people yesterday and they were talking about, you know, education being a big problem. Is that a problem for you as well? So if you continue to do this for 30 days, by the end of 30 days, you will have a very, very good crystal clear idea of what is the problem that people are trying to solve that you are very, very good at and you will enjoy solving that. If they do that, that that's a recipe for success. 
Thank you very much. Thank you, Manoj. Thank you, Dave. That was another episode of Innovation Field. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Innovation Field. We are on all podcast streaming platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at www.youcanwest.ca slash innovation fuel. Also, follow us on Instagram at innovation underscore fuel.